When we share someone's story here on The Diaries, the episode might end, but their story doesn't. So many of the people we've talked to, they've gone on to do incredible things. They have epic adventures and make significant impacts in our community. Over on Diaries Plus, we're catching up with some of our former guests to see what they've been up to. I recently sat down with Connor Ryan, a Lakota professional skier from our Sacred Slopes episode, who's been knocking out groundbreaking projects ever since the episode aired. It's really incredible. We had a great discussion about the impacts he's made, what keeps his fire burning, and taking ski lessons as a pro skier. Here's a snippet of the conversation. All the source of joy that I use to fill my cup to be out in the world doing positive things comes from my relationship to the outdoors. And so I really focused on like, wow, like there's so much power if I can give one person the relationship to the outdoors that that I have through skiing. And maybe that will have as profound of an effect on them as it's had on me. To listen to the full episode, use the link in the show notes to subscribe to Diaries Plus today. Yeah, you get more shows, but you also have a peace of mind of powering what's out there right now, keeping us moving forward, keeping this community together. So thank you for everyone who supported and everyone who's going to support. We appreciate it. I have a confession to make. I have a send it tattoo. The first time I heard the phrase send it was in 2014. I was a junior in college, living in Brighton, Massachusetts, with four sweaty skateboarders and our self-proclaimed skate house. Our floors were sticky and scuffed from frequent parties and carpetboarding shenanigans. We had a sketchy halfpipe in the backyard and a waxed curb in our driveway. We all lived to skateboard, downhill longboard, snowboard, any board sport we could get our hands on. A few of us also rode mopeds. Not Vespas or scooters, but old school mopeds. The Pook Maxis and Tomos Targas. The kind that probably annoy the shit out of you when they drive by sounding like a runaway lawnmower. We would strap skateboards to our bikes and ride all over Boston. We called ourselves the Hum City Savages and we were probably a nuisance. Everything we did felt epic to me back then. I was young and fit and admittedly a little reckless. Though I was busy with college and part-time work, I was just starting to figure out a work-life balance that made me happy. The words send it fit right into my vocabulary. When one of my roommates would shout it at me, I felt their unconditional support. The group hype, the team endorphins, the radiant love known well in every outdoor community, they were all present in the words, send it. It was about doing the thing. It didn't matter to us what the thing was. This vague definition was probably what led to our rampant overuse of the phrase. We sent everything we did. The kitchen was a disaster in that house. The sink would quickly get swallowed in dirty dishes and solo cups. Cleaning the kitchen was definitely an activity worthy of a send. People would say, all right, I'm going to send these dishes. Do you mind sending the garbage? Or 
gotta go send this group project, be back later. I wouldn't go so far as to say I felt invincible during that time in my life, but I would say as probably the last year of my life, I felt confident. In December of 2014, I broke and dislocated my elbow for the second time in my life. I got hung up on the coping of a small halfpipe inside Orchard Skate Shop. I stuck out my arm behind me to catch the fall, but the force hyperextended my elbow and popped it out of place. The doctor told me I had gotten lucky for not having broken more bones. They gave me a sling for my arm and told me to start moving it as soon as it felt ready. I wrote some inspirational quote about embracing pain on my sling and started physical therapy as soon as I could. Two months later, with only partial mobility in my arm, I accepted an invitation to go skating with a group of friends at an indoor skate park. The winter had been cold and depressing without skateboarding. So I told myself it was time to ease back into it. Less than an hour in, I took a fall. I stood up at the bottom of the bowl and looked down, and my middle finger was stuck out at an unsettling angle, bent from the middle knuckle on the axis that it is not designed to bend from. My friends drove me to the emergency room, where the doctor told me I'd gotten lucky again. My finger wasn't broken, just dislocated. They told me to take a deep breath and pop my finger right back into place. A few weeks later, while I was playing around on the curb in front of my house, my skateboard took a funny pop and gashed my lip. I walked myself to the hospital with a bloody rag pressed into my face, where I got six stitches. Not long after that, I spilled my moped on a gravelly inside corner. As I limped my bike to the side of the road, I felt the most intense pain I had ever experienced in my life radiating from my dominant foot. I called my roommates, crying, and the Hum City Savages performed their first emergency send. The next day, x-rays showed I had broken my foot in four places. My academic life took a significant hit. I began to self-medicate. I stayed in my room a lot, and I didn't eat very well. By the end of that school year, sending it meant something very different to me. And yet the definition had stayed the same. Sending it meant getting up in the morning and crutching through New England weather just to catch the bus to class. Sending it meant fighting back depression, feelings of worthlessness, and thoughts of self-harm. And eventually, when my body started to heal, sending it meant simply stepping on my skateboard again to regain the muscle memory I had lost. After months of physical therapy, the pain from these injuries subsided, leaving only scars and ghost pains. But my confidence didn't return so easily. I was timid and afraid, rudely aware of my hyperextendable elbows and the filamentous bones in my hands and feet the high-strung tension of my ligaments. Turning right on my moped felt wrong. My lack of confidence impaired my ability to ride and work. I had to relearn every trick I could do on a skateboard. I no longer trusted my feet to be where they needed to be, and I had little faith my arms would save me from injury if I fell. 
the loss of confidence seeped its way into other aspects of my life. I began questioning my identity. I had always hated the sight of myself in the mirror, but my dysmorphia increased the more time I spent with myself alone in my room. I rarely felt pride in the art I created. I felt like an imposter among talented people in almost every activity. Once I graduated, I moved from Boston back to my hometown of New York City. I worked hard and made enough money to support myself in the city, which should have felt like a resounding success, but I was still trying to figure myself out, still trying to learn some self-confidence. I wasn't happy with my job or my lifestyle, and I struggled mentally and physically. That is when I got my Send It tattoo. It's not flashy or bold. It's small, barely an inch long, lowercase, in a Comic Sans-like font, my own handwriting. It's on my forearm, where I can see it as a reminder to go forth with passion, confidence, commitment, and enthusiasm. I began to make changes in my lifestyle. I learned the helpful language to describe my identity, non-binary, and even met some other non-binary folks in the process. I allowed myself to become the person I am beyond the limitations of my assigned gender. I put myself out there and I met someone. They taught me to rock climb and we fell in love. They taught me how to live in a van and we fell in love some more. They showed me that I could move out of New York City and live a life of travel, seasonal work, and endless opportunities. They were the first person I ever came out to. The first person to tell me that being myself was okay. That it was all going to be okay. We bounced between being long distance, to being intimate co-workers, to being van life roommates. And every configuration held its own unique challenges. But despite the turbulence of our relationship, we sent it and flew to New Zealand, where we lived out of a hatchback, hiked, climbed, and skated all over that beautiful country. The relationship didn't last long after we got back, but rock climbing stuck around. It took me years to plateau as a climber, and during that learning curve, my physical health was all gains. Crash pads and dynamic ropes are a lot more forgiving than concrete, but mentally, it took me a little while to feel like I fit in on the climbing wall. See, getting hyped on a 5'9 while sporting a send it tattoo is like wearing a rental harness on the gym bouldering wall, only I can't take it off. It's a pretty small tattoo, but it's still noticeable. People see it at the climbing gym or the base of the crag. People comment. Oh my god, do you really have a send it tattoo? Or, wow, nice send it tattoo, dude. Often I just get, send it, brah. I have it coming. After all, I got a send it tattoo. One day, early in my climbing career, Someone at the gym corrected my definition of sending it. Apparently, 
I hadn't sent a route, I had done what's called hangdogging, and the two should never be confused. Sending was an honor that could only be achieved while on lead, and climbing things while on top rope was just practice. I hadn't yet watched Valley Uprising, so I clearly wasn't as woke as that guy at the gym. But in my mind, I had sent it. I had made it to the top of a climb that was a grade harder than my previous personal best. It didn't matter to me that I had fallen from the crux once or twice along the way. I felt happy and proud. Though I do my best to climb things clean now, my definition of sending it hasn't changed. If anything, it's broadened to an entire state of being. Senditude. One's attitude towards sending. Going forth with passion, confidence, commitment, and enthusiasm. The pillars of senditude. I still struggle with confidence. When I'm leading, I hate falling, and I'm afraid of getting hurt. But I don't mind climbing moderates all day and getting my fitness in without ever taking a fall. I don't mind tearing myself away from a beautiful, empty, small-town skate park long before muscle fatigue increases my risk of a mistake. To me, safe and fun is sending it. Plus. It saves energy for me to send other aspects of my life, like long-distance drives and big campsite dinners. It's so easy to judge other people's tattoos. We do it all the time. But for me, there's so much more to my tattoos than meets the eye. There's a story, a mantra, a way of life behind every one. My tattoos are a part of my body. And my body, as I grow into it, is a manifestation of my identity. My tattoos help me remember who I am every day. They remind me to be a kinder, safer, and more encouraging person, not only to myself, but to everyone I interact with. I want you to know that if I ever tell you to send it, whether I'm filming a trick or belaying you on your project, or even giving you relationship advice. I support you wholeheartedly. You have all my confidence. You got this. Send it. My name is Forrest Wood, and this is my short. Thank you, Forrest, for sharing your story. Music today from Common Creatures, Kai Engel, Publish the Quest, and Brendan O'Connell. The tracks are courtesy of the artist, Free Music Archive, and Track Club. Jacob Bain and Nice Koto composed our theme song. You can find the links to the artists at our website, dirtbagdirect.com. This episode was produced by Cordelia Zars, Becca Call, and Ashley Langholz. Artwork by Walker Call. Becca Call is our executive producer. I'm Fitz Call, and you've been listening to the Dirtbag Diaries. Thanks for tuning in.